we had two or three or maybe four people who were true evangelists with us. That means 20 of us were not, but we can do the work of an evangelist, and we can pray with anyone. It's the most amazing thing. One of our the brothers with us said, if nothing else, you can ask someone, do they need something for prayer? And 99% of the time, that person will not turn you away. If you tell them you're going to pray for them about something, they will gladly unload part of their burden onto you. Glad you could join us on this week's Pastors Forum. I'm Byron Tyler. Steve Copeland, a dear friend. He's the director of Life Choices of Memphis and also the visioneer for Mission Field USA. Steve, it's always good to see you. I know you recently came back from an excursion, what you call an excursion, to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the great state of Florida in Tallahassee. And we want to unfold and unpack some of the details of that recent trip. You just, matter of fact, got back, I think, Sunday night. Uh, We got back uh, Monday night. Oh, Monday night. Yes. Our friends hear you often on the station through different shows. You also host your own show with Stacey Mays for Life Choices. Yes. Life in the 901. But I got your update of this most recent excursion to Tallahassee, and as I was reading it, I want to have you on as frequently as we can to encourage our friends, to let them hear stories of God's mercy, grace, the wonder of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a, a needed day that we're living right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's a critical hour. It's late, uh, and the night is coming when no man can work. Personally, I am not an evangelist, but I, like all believers, am called to do the work of an evangelist, and uh, this is an, a glorious time to go out and bring the good news of Jesus Christ to people throughout our nation, because our nation is so postmodern, so paganized, we are essentially a primary mission field. This is unlike some of the other excursions you've taken. So far since 2018, you've taken a total of six. Yes. And that's not including the Tallahassee trip, I don't believe. It actually does include. Oh, it does include Tallahassee. I I think so. Okay. They start running together a little bit Yes, they do. But is this the first time that you've actually had local believers there in the location that you've teamed up with? We've had a few others join us in places we've gone, but this was the first time uh, a local church fellowship said, why don't you come? And we'll come alongside you, we'll work, and then you can help us learn how to do these kind of things and then make it a regular priority day by day, week by week in the lives of the assembly there. Steve, when you say to learn how to do this, okay, how do you do this? Well, it really is no method. It's really to catch the fire. You know, it's like prayer is more caught than taught, uh, Evangelism is the same way. If you can be in a crowd of people who are doing it, it lessens your apprehension, lessens your fear. You realize that all of us are are just in the school of Christ, and we'll make mistakes. We may say something that's not exactly right, but it's the heart behind it. And when that fire goes off in someone, then you have that, what Paul said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And that should be in the heart of every believer in Jesus Christ. I know one of the big desires of the whole Mission Field USA, this vision that God has placed on your heart and some others, is to stir believers to share the gospel as they are going through life in their schools, university campuses, work, neighborhood living, just going to the grocery store. This is our place of influence to share the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. We, As you know, in the original language, it says, as you are going into all the world, preach the gospel. So, uh, you know, if imagine, I, who knows how many real believers there are in America, but let's just make up a number, 30 million. 
Well, if 30 million went out, just shared the gospel to one other each day in 11 days, the whole nation would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I realize some parts of the country are more Christian than others, but the whole point is, why are we not about our Father's business? And this is a very simple thing. It doesn't always have to be, I have to be that articulate. I can be like the man, Frank Jenner, in Australia, who just would walk out of his little shop, and he would hand someone a track and said, if you die tonight, where would you go? And then he'd walk back in, and thousands came to Christ as a result of that. So there's no methodology. We're all created differently. The message, of course, is the cross. The yes. message is that you're a sinner. You need to be saved. It's not an easy believism. You must repent. And that's, uh, I think, one of the challenges, that we be forceful in love, not with an angry edge, but with a passion to recognize, acknowledge, as uh, my friend Prem Pradhan, who was an apostle in Nepal, led many, many to Christ. He, he used to say, you will die, and after that, you'll go to one of two places. And that's it. There is no third place to go. So we want to preach Christ crucified in us, our servants, for his sake. The greater Tallahassee area, I would say, is about half the size of Memphis, the greater yes. Memphis area. But during those five days, you distributed some 28,000 gospel tracts. Yes, we had gospel tracts and gospels of John and a wide array of gospel tracts, although pointing to that message. We had many one-on-one encounters and many people who prayed, what we call prayed to receive Christ. You know, eternity will show sometimes those prayers are are legitimate, and sometimes they're on the way to fully receiving Christ, for lack of better terms. But we had a, a real positive experience, and, and really, it was as if the wind were in our sails. It's not always that way. We did have some opposition. We did have some struggles. But more than any time we've done this, we felt like the wind was at our back. And I think that's because the prayers of God's people were heard and answered. A story we've got to talk about was when some of the folks on your team were visiting an apartment complex, and you were welcomed by a young man. Do you remember that story? It was wonderful. Interestingly, we had not intended to go to that place, and I dropped one brother off, and as I was doing it, I noticed a couple brothers from one of the other vans were already in there. So one brother who went in who has most of his adult life ministered to Muslims, he knocks on the door, and there's a guy inside who had just opened the Bible to seek the Lord for answers, though he was not a believer, because his mother from Iran, who was a Shiite Muslim who came here just two years ago, came to Christ, and she's been telling him about he needs to come to Christ and that God is going to speak to him and send people to him to share the gospel with him. <laughs> and he opens the door and he and he says, well, my mother told me God was going to send people. <laughs> so lo and behold, and the, oh. of all people to go in was the man most skilled in, in knowing the challenges of Islam, a fellow who lived in Kuwait for many years and also ministered in Jordan and Syria and Iraq and other places. Of course, most of that Sunni Muslim, but still it's Islam. And this man had a Shiite background, but still great opportunity to share Christ. Oh, Steve, that is beautiful. I mean, that, again, just exemplifies the power of the Holy Spirit working. Yes. And, and thankfully that your knock on the door became before Jehovah Witness or maybe a group of Mormons, yes. you know, <laughs> because other groups are out there, too. They yeah. are. Uh, it's amazing how people who don't have the Holy Spirit can be so zealous for the Lord, and, and people who do have the Holy Spirit often are uh, too quiet. So yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> Something else, another sphere of people that you were able to influence with the gospel were those waiters and waitresses at restaurants. These are people we encounter every day. You know, I've heard stories where 
waitresses dread Sundays after church because the church crowd comes, and I've heard them say they are the worst customers. They don't tip, and they're always over-asking for things, and they're not very polite. Yeah, uh, uh, just a sidebar, you know, as believers, we have a Heavenly Father that owns everything. So to give somebody a tip even if they don't deserve it or give them a a tip even above and beyond, he'll take care of your needs. It's okay, you know. When we encounter these people, we know that they're they're having their own struggles. And one young lady, for example, uh, we didn't know anything about her, but we could tell something wasn't right. And as we engaged in conversation and she was busy, she really wanted to stay around, and we gave her a track. We talked to her about the Lord. She had questions, and she said, I'm coming back after I take care of all my customers. I want to talk more. So these kind of things were sort of the norm. You know, interestingly, some of us are better people to people. Some of us are better track to people. We don't have a rule. Just do what comes supernaturally by the Spirit of God in encountering people as we go. The account in the Scriptures where I think it's Paul is speaking and talking about some water, some plant, but God gives the increase. Yes. We need to keep that in mind when we're looking at this call to be witnesses for Christ. Yes. And the amazing thing, it's for all of us, you know, all members of the body of Christ. We had two or three or maybe four people who were true evangelists with us. That means 20 of us were not, but we can do the work of an evangelist, and we can pray with anyone. It's the most amazing thing. One of our the brothers with us said, if nothing else, you can ask someone, do they need something for prayer? And 99% of the time, that person will not turn you away. If you tell them you're going to pray for them about something, they will gladly unload part of their burden onto you. I was talking to an evangelist recently, and he said, you don't have to have the spiritual gift of evangelism. It is a choice a believer has to make to share their faith. Yeah. You think about all the gifts that are mentioned in the Bible, uh, as the Lord enables and leads, we can function in them. We tend to have a, a propensity or a tendency to function in one or two gifts that are clearly regularly going through us, but but uh, we can be pastoral at times, even though we may not be a pastor. We can be evangelistic, even though we're not an evangelist. We can have the gift of faith or the gift of helps or the gift of giving at the right time. So, you know, just let's be more open. Certainly, I'll function maybe more in one or two as my sort of normal function in the body of Christ, but not to discount the others. Well, Steve, I know you're very passionate about continuing these efforts and believing for 3,000 or more men committing themselves to these excursions and to getting the gospel out. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the Lord would raise up 3,000. Maybe it'll be more, maybe less, but that's the number that comes to me when I pray. Uh, You know, C.T. Studd said, don't ask for an egg when you can ask for an elephant. Don't think small, but think big. This isn't something I'm trying to do. It's not anything for me. It's just to stir men up to uh, walk faithfully and obedient and share, as Major Thomas said, share his life here on earth on the way to heaven. So if 3,000 would go, a city like Boston or a city like Baltimore, a city like Buffalo, a city like Detroit, within days— there would be the buzz because everyone would have received a tract or a personal witness or evidence that something somebody's speaking to that community. And I know there's plans for more excursions uh, even this year as we are early in 2021. Uh, this was really the, the second excursion, Tallahassee, Florida, but there's other venues planned for this year, I believe. Yeah, we went to Austin earlier this year. The Tallahassee was an add-in because they asked us to come. 
We do intend to go back to the northeast, perhaps the northwest, uh, Portland, Oregon, and Seattle and those areas, uh, perhaps the upper Midwest, uh, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis and Madison and Milwaukee and maybe even Detroit, uh, and then possibly one to uh, southwest and south-central Britain and northern France. We'll see, you know, as the Lord enables considering the, the whole COVID thing and the challenges of that. But we aren't standing down because of COVID, but we there are certain places that are just still locked down, and we're not going to just waste energy, go where people aren't. Missionfieldusa.com is the website, missionfieldusa.com. That's it. People can go through the website, navigate, and even send us a note or something. And if someone's interested in going on one of these excursions, there's a way to contact us through the website. Steve, on that particular site, if somebody is listening right now and is curious, could they discover more about the relationship with Christ on that site too? Yeah, they can. There's some videos and other information they can watch. And also, if they sent us a a note, we could send them tracks or call them or email them and share how to come to know Jesus Christ. Steve, it's always my pleasure to have you stop by. Thanks for joining us today on the show. (laughs) It's always wonderful, and I love the way you uh, set things up. God bless you, my friend. (laughs) Thanks for joining us with this Pastors Forum. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.